raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Monday, August 14th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there as well. Casey Daniels 317. So, Rob, got a question for you as we start off the show today. If I ask you to do something, do you think it would take five years to get it done? Depends on what it is, Casey. I do that all the time in my marriage where I tell my wife I'll get to that as soon as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it just doesn't happen. And I've always got a viable excuse on why it... The point is, if I wanted to get it done... I would get it done. You think five in a years? timely in a timely manner. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the case with David Weiss. He doesn't want to get it done. He is the U.S. attorney who has been appointed as special counsel in the probe into Hunter Biden's business dealings. Of course, he's facing a lot of backlash after uh, he he's the architect of that sweetheart plea deal that just fell to pieces with Hunter Biden. Okay. So what happened on Friday? And this is anybody who remotely follows politics realizes if something happens on a Friday in politics or government, it's because they don't want you to be paying attention to it. It is called the Friday News Dump. Yep. And so what happened is Friday afternoon, Merrick Garland shuffled out and said, I am now making David Weiss a special counsel in the investigation into Hunter Biden. And if you are sitting there going, I thought he was already overseeing the Hunter and Biden invest, Hunter Biden investigation. Well, you would be correct, Casey. Mm-hmm. And so you would have to ask yourself, well, why would you take a guy who's already overseeing the investigation itself up to the point that charges were brought? Now, they were just, I mean, as watered down as you could possibly get. So bad, in fact, that a judge threw them out and said, get the hell out of my courtroom and don't come back until you've brought something with a a lot less bull crap than this. Why would you make that person a special counsel? And that is the question that anybody with an ounce of common sense should be asking themselves right now. If the guy did such a bad job that a judge in an irate fashion told the people working under him, get the hell out of my courtroom and don't come back until this is much better than what it is today... Why would you seemingly promote that person unless you needed them protected? Yeah, and a couple more questions to ask. Five years he's been investigating Hunter Biden and came up with nothing but that sweetheart plea deal. Uh, the special counsel is supposed to come from outside the government. Does anyone else find it interesting that this special counsel was named the day after Comer said that they're going to subpoena the Bidens and that the walls are closing in? Yes, we all know what's going on here. And as James Comer from the House Oversight Committee has said, this is all part of the Justice Department's efforts to attempt a Biden family cover-up. Okay, so you just hit the nail on the head, Casey. What this is about now is that... Garland will believe that Weiss can be protected from having to testify in front of the House because now they will be able to say, well, there's an ongoing investigation. There's a new investigation. uh, There's new parameters of the investigation. And well, gosh darn it, I'd love to talk to you about this sweetheart deal that I had offered Hunter Biden. My hands are tied. Yes, that a federal judge in an irate fashion said was wholly ridiculous 
but I just can't because, well, it's an ongoing investigation. Yeah, Weiss, he's also the same guy who has denied the claims by the two IRS whistleblowers. Who are you going to believe? The two guys that have been consistent with their stories, the IRS whistleblowers, or this guy who changes his tune depending on how the weather blows? Okay, so Ted Cruz was on with Maria Bartiromo. And I didn't just say Fox because I like to say her name, Maria Bartiromo. <laughs> and I thought Ted Cruz had just an incredible analysis of what's going on. Well, this appointment is camouflage and it's cover up. I, I, I think it's disgraceful. Listen, David Weiss was the U.S. attorney handpicked to lead this investigation who spent the last five years covering it up. David Weiss, who was personally selected by the two Democrat senators from Delaware, Tom Carper and Chris Coons, for five years the investigation has gone nowhere other than to protect Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Not only that, David Weiss is the one that is subject to two whistleblower complaints from senior career IRS officials who came forward. They said they'd never seen an investigation like this in their entire time in law enforcement. They said that the Department of Justice, lawyers working for David Weiss, protected the Biden family, that they gave heads up to Hunter Biden before search warrants were executed, presumably so that he could hide incriminating evidence, that they refused to allow them to ask any questions at all about the big guy, about Joe Biden, that, the, that they were focused on, you cannot inquire into President Joe Biden's personal corruption. And, and the result of all of that is that David Weiss either was an active participant in covering up this criminality and protecting Joe Biden in, in engaging in obstruction of justice. That's option one. Or option two, he wasn't the driver. He was just complicit. He was so weak that he couldn't stop the partisans in Maine justice from turning it into a political effort to protect Joe Biden. Either case, he is a wildly inappropriate person to be a special counsel. I'm going to go with number two, that he is weak. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the, there is no reasonable person who would look at the cavalcade of evidence that appeared against Hunter Biden that when the when you couple that with the IRS whistleblower testimony, you realize how much more there was even than what we knew before and think what happened to Hunter Biden, given the Democrats' obsession with guns and going after rich people, that that was a reasonable end or conclusion to the Hunter Biden saga. This guy, their testimony, the IRS whistleblower testimony was very clear. This guy, the people under him, whatever you want to say, I mean, the buck stops ultimately with him, and I'm sure he knew what was going on, interfered at many levels, did everything they could to deflect on many levels, and quite frankly, didn't even allow investigations necessary to happen at many levels. And this, the response to this, when the guy gets caught, by this federal judge refusing to accept the plea deal was, well, we got to protect him. Let's just make him a special counsel. Yeah. Okay. So the Justice Department is now denying the whistleblower's claim, saying that he was given complete authority to make all decisions on his own behalf. But now even candidates are weighing in on this. And Vivek Ramaswamy, he explains why this is complete crap. On the face of it, it would make sense. And it's a good thing to have a special counsel appointed. The problem is this is a total fig leaf. It is a distraction. 
This is the same individual, the same person who actually negotiated that plea deal that the judge rejected handily. This is also just a designation of a title for an administration that, in the case of Hunter Biden, has been repeatedly creating one deflection after another. I think the timing in comparison to the Donald Trump indictments are not an accident for how long that investigation had been ongoing. And so, unfortunately, I just do see this as another maneuver to distract the public from the fact that we have two standards of justice. And this is just a retrospective maneuver to try to justify that. It's interesting because now even CNN and NBC are both questioning this appointment of David Weiss on CNN. Jake Tapper said maybe the whistleblowers were right. I believe a lot of questions being raised by Republicans have merit. Shocking. And then double take. Even Chuck Todd is questioning this case. And he said that it's raised questions at a time when voters already have doubts about Biden's age and political standing. Uh, finally, before we go to break, we, we need to hear from Ron Johnson. He was not only a phenomenal uh, stereo salesman in Fast Times <laughs> at Ridgemont High, mm-hmm. uh, he was also now a U.S. senator from uh, the state of Wisconsin, and uh, he brought some heat on this as well. Do you have any expectation that the outcome will be different? David Weiss's title has changed. Why should we think the treatment of Hunter Biden will change? Well, we have no expectation that it would change. You know, the the, the sweetheart deal, the, the plea agreement, was really a grotesque miscarriage of justice. I mean, th- this is something that the that the U.S. Attorney Weiss and, and his prosecutors they tried to pull the wool over the uh, the eyes of the court of the judge. You know, fortunately, the judge uh, saw through it and asked some some pretty embarrassing questions, and they had to retreat from the deal. And now that's been all blown up. But is it really blown up? Now, obviously, these prosecutors, obviously, uh, U.S. Attorney Weiss has no intention of holding Hunter Biden or any of his family members, including President Biden, who is corrupt, who has lied repeatedly to the American public. That is a fact. We know it. He has no intention of holding them accountable. We needed an independent uh, prosecutor here in some way, shape, or form. Mm. The regulations state the, the special counsel has to come outside of government. He's obviously in government. But the, I think the, the more serious offense is that he has no independence whatsoever. He's probably the least independent individual that Merrick Garland could have appointed. And that's who Merrick Garland appointed. Uh, go yeah. figure. So Republicans were asking for a special counsel to be appointed. And so what? Now Merrick Garland's going to stand there and say, well, I gave you one now. Stop complaining. It's who they chose. It's who Merrick Garland chose. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, there is a new number one song in the country. Mm-hmm. I love everything about this. Some obscure guy who had never recorded a professional recording. He had only recorded songs on his cellular telephone has taken the country by storm with this incredible song about how much working men and women are getting screwed over by the people in Washington, D.C. It is phenomenal. We'll play the song. We'll talk about this guy. I love everything about this, Casey. It's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Trevor Anthony? Well, if you haven't, you are about to. It's 22 minutes after 9. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Oliver Anthony is a guy from Virginia. He's a former factory worker, and he has a new song out. It's called Rich Men North of Richmond, and it has gone viral. He said that there's uh, there's a lot of time when things have been going bad. He was sitting around getting wasted at night, getting high, getting drunk, and even the things in his life that he used to care about didn't mean anything to him anymore. And instead of wallowing in that, he picked up his guitar and started creating music. Now, Kev is a musician, Uno Gold, the very fabulous Uno Gold band. He plays at various uh, beverage establishments, many a weekend. And this guy is like the thing, and Kev, I think you confirm this, that every weekend warrior musician longs to be. Like, he has been thrust from complete obscurity where he's scheduled and this weekend I saw he was playing at a farmer's market somewhere which this song has taken off to the point where it was no joke it appeared to be at least 20 rows deep at this farmer's market and it was as though the Beatles had touched down circa 1964 I mean this is what you dream about right Kev? Yeah, I think that's a that's a big achievement yeah it was just unbelievable and it was within a week a week ago nobody knew who this guy was and now because of this one song mm-hmm. he is in demand, country music stars are trying to to book him to give him a record deal, and that's and I'm sure Kev is smiling because that is every weekend warrior musician's dream is what this guy is achieving. But it it is not as though he is the reincarnation of Jimi Hendrix. He is not. Uh, this is not Paul McCartney, Let It Be, or Jackson Brown's Fountain of Sorrow, or, you know, Springsteen's Born to Run. It is simply a guy mm-hmm. in the the mountain slash farmlands of Virginia who wrote a song from his heart yeah. about how American working men and women are completely getting screwed by the people who run this country. And because we live in an internet world where people can access anything at any time, tens of millions of people through downloads or views on YouTube have consumed this thing because they said, you know what? This guy is right. Yeah. You know, in the next segment, we're going to play the lady who said that MFR is not real. In this case, the people said that MFR is right. We are getting screwed, and it is by the people who run this country. Yeah, it's being picked up by a lot of different media personalities. John Rich from Big and Rich has been promoting it. Joe Rogan, Matt Walsh, even Barstool Sports and Breitbart all posting it on their social media. You hear it, and it will bring a tear to your eye, and we're going to play it. Kev did a little editing because there's some words we can't say, and there's not a uh, he there's not a radio, radio edit, edit version out yet so you will hear the beeps but uh this song this song is awesome i love it i've been selling my soul working all day overtime hours for bullshit pay so i can sit out here and waste my life away drag back home and drown my troubles away it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to Lord knows it all, just wanna have total control 
ditch politicians look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere lord we got folks in the street ain't got nothing to eat and the whole beast milk and welfare What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is All it is Living in the new world With an old soul These rich men know the rich men Your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end. Cause the rich men know the rich men. I've been selling my soul, working all day. Overtime hours for bulls. We usually don't play a full song on this show, but mm-hmm. I think that song is so outstanding. And I think what this guy, this this Oliver Anthony, is saying with that song is a hundred percent true. Where. And he describes himself as a political centrist. I've seen an interview he did where he was ripping on the left and the right. Uh, So many people hear that and go, you know what? You are right. And it is politicians on both sides of the aisle. Look at the Republicans. Mitch McConnell, Todd Young. What do they do? They come out and say the number one priority in the federal budget is Ukraine. Not you, not an American citizen. They uh, rubber stamp McCarthy and the Republicans in the House, rubber stamp the continued spending disaster of Biden with the debt ceiling. There's nowhere to turn. There's no one to look at anymore and say, these are the good guys and these are the bad guys. They're all bad guys. It's like choosing between the Germans and the Russians in, in, in World War II. There are no good guys. There's just various levels of bad. His name is Oliver Anthony, and the song is called Rich Men North of Richmond. It has surpassed 2 million views in just two days after being released on YouTube. It's 929. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Would you like to be known as the crazy plane lady? That's what people are calling her, the crazy plane lady. It's 935. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I am telling you right now, that lady, Tiffany Gomez is her name. She's a 38-year-old marketing exec from Texas. You know her. She's the one who lost it on that flight about a month ago. She has finally broken her silence. It's probably a weird feeling because she's 38 years old. One moment you are just some well-assembled executive that men probably eye at a local drinking establishment to now you are an internet sensation that men, not just across the fruited plain, but also the world, have. you've turned into some fantasy meme. I mean, we've all seen the various outfits they've put her in or whatever. And if you're a person who 
hey, I just had a bad moment or I had a bad mixture of a, you know, a beverage and a medication of some sort or flipped out for whatever reason. I don't know if you know this, Casey, but women can be known to lose it for absolutely no reason. Not that you've ever done that. And now if you don't seek fame or fortune, which she clearly did not, and she is already wealthy, so she doesn't need the money, it's probably a bad position to be in. Yeah, and and scary as well, because she is being um, followed and chased, and people have been going through her trash, mostly because they want to know answers. Sure. Like, what was the deal? What made you freak out? Why'd you lose it? Okay, so she has spoken, and uh, here is a little bit of her finally talking into the camera for the world to see. Hi, everyone. It's me, Tiffany Gomez, probably better known as the crazy plane lady, which is completely warranted. (laughs) As you know, I have been unwilling to speak on the viral video, but I do finally feel that it's time. First and foremost, I want to take full accountability for my actions. They were completely unacceptable. Distressed or not, I should have been, I should have been in control of my emotions and that was not the case. My use of profanity was completely unnecessary and I want to apologize to everyone on that plane, especially those that had children aboard. Can't imagine going through that and trying to explain to your kid what in the world just happened. We all have our bad moments, um, some far worse than others, and mine happened to be caught on camera for the whole world to see multiple times. All right, and so she goes on for another minute. I want to have time to make sure we have time to, to talk about this. I feel very bad for this woman because she has in no way tried to monetize this. Mm-mm. She's not the cash me outside girl. She has a very successful career. She obviously has attained a, a lot of success in said career uh, because she lives in a $2 million house. Right. And it is one thing, like if you are, a, let's just say an adult film star, well, clearly you seek the attention of men oogling you and fantasizing about you and you want to be front and center and you want everybody to look at me. This woman is not that. Yeah. And while her own actions, whatever they may be, we still don't know what led her to that or who that mf -er was or was not real, which that's the big mystery, led her to that. She appeared very contrite in this video. She's very saddened that it happened. She's clearly embarrassed for herself and the people around her. And man, somebody like that, you say, just let it go. Just this person... This this person does not deserve this. She's apologized for it. And dang, people will not leave people alone. No. Okay. So in this apology, she sounds genuine to me and she sounds scared as well. But notice she stepped up and she went through the three-step process, which is admit the mistake. She did that. She apologized, especially to the families with children on that flight. And then she's going to take corrective action. She is now starting this anti-cyberbullying thing that because obviously she has been subject to that now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if she starts, you know, an OnlyFans out of this, or, hey, now she's a part of Vivid Video. I don't even know that's still a thing anymore, but I'm just 
reeling off things off the top of my head. Okay, now we got an issue because you're clearly either this was staged or you're trying to capitalize on it. She is not. Take the worst moment of anybody's life, including yours, as you're hearing us right now. You would be mortified by it. This woman's just having to be caught on camera. Just let it go. And we're all better off not knowing because then it will forever live on who wasn't real and who that MFR was. Just let it go, <laughs> Just Casey. Let it go. All right, when I we come, am telling you right now. Just let it go. Some things are better left unknown. Uh, all right, when we come back, our buddy, the oil guy, Bill mm-hmm. Herrick, will be here. He has got some info on the green dream from Biden and green energy that will blow your mind and not in a good way. That's coming up next with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Biden and the Democrats tout this green energy, and I think they're full of crap. I think our next guest might confirm that. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And Casey, mm-hmm. look who it is in studio with us. I know, we got a guy. We got a guy, the oil guy, the great Bill Herrick joins us once again. Now, Bill, we had you on last Monday, and we had a gajillion things we were trying to get to what with the rising gas prices and the cost of energy going up, and we just we simply ran out of time on this green dream bull crap that Biden and the left pushes and you said man we've definitely we've got to talk about some of this information i maintain that this this obsession with green energy not only makes things more expensive but it's a colossal waste of taxpayer resources what say you oh absolutely well thanks for having me back on and we didn't run out of time last week um i think we were talking about electric vehicles a little bit and something came out in the news this last week i found interesting in that uh nationally they announced that sales were stagnating what yeah and they they <laughs> The reason for that, which I found extremely interesting, was that people were concerned over the nation's power grid. Now, you know, we've only talked about the power grid for like, what, three years or four years, and and I think everybody should be concerned about it. Not so much in Indiana, because we've had, you know, our utilities here in Indiana have done a pretty good job with taking care of our power grid. But, but uh, yeah, you know, we, we ought to be concerned about that. Um, it should be a national priority, but instead, we're spending all our money on green energy. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys had any recent power outages when we had our when we had the weather blow through a couple weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, thankfully we didn't have AES. So yeah. I, Casey, did you have AES? <laughs> yeah, I lost power till oh, like 4 boy. in the morning. Well, yeah. that yeah. sucks Almost to be had you. to shower here at the radio station. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I didn't lose power at my house, although I have a generator, so I'm spoiled. But Of course you do. <laughs> I do, okay, because I know what's going to happen. But uh, Bill, Bill could probably power, he started to power his house for like three months. <laughs> no, but I actually have a farm out in Park County, and I was out of power out there for 10 days. Mm. And you know you have you know people I can relate to this. I mean you feel absolutely helpless, right? I mean there's this there's this you know you can't do anything, you can't cook, you can't you know wash the, you know do laundry, you know you know it's ninety degrees in your house, it's just it's horrible. So so you know I my my 
my point of all this is just I just think that we're, we're spending our money in the wrong place. And, and really, not only is the grid a concern, but I think the concern over with me that it, over the grid is the safety of it. And, you know, I think our, our enemies know that. I mean, we are so, we are so hooked on energy and, and electric energy that, I mean, if, if we went out, if we lost our power nationally, you know, it would be an absolute disaster. Right? The, the oil guy, Bill Herrick, is our guest. And your job, your way you pay your bills is you get oil out of the ground. We have heard about the grid. And people hear the grid and they go, what does that even mean? Can you tell us what the grid actually is and why the threat to it is such a big deal in American society? Sure. Well, it's it's basically the transmission lines that run from all the various power plants throughout the country. And then there's a number of transmission lines that exist between. Uh, power stations. So, so you know, if the, the thought was that if if the you know, if the grid went down, um, you know, it could continue to push push the grid down along other areas as well as just the one area that it went down initially. So, you know, it could basically um, you know cover the whole country at some point if if in fact. Uh, you know, it was that severe? You know, the cyber the cyber risk to it is the, is a concern I have. But um, in any event, we it just doesn't seem like our government's focused at all on on making sure the grid is really safe. And uh, I got to believe our enemies are, know what what how, how you know how the what the condition of our grid is. So so it's just something I just bring up because I'm I'm just so um, we're just so addicted to, to electric power and, and and it's scary when we when we lose it we're you know we're really helpless. Well, so so I I have a friend who has a Tesla, and they have a home here, and they have a home in Florida, and they travel back and forth. Right. And I've talked to them numerous times about what, you know, it's always kind of joke, what car are you going to take? And they've said it is oftentimes rather difficult to take the Tesla because of the amount of time and the amount of times you have to stop and charge and the amount of time it takes while charging. It doesn't seem there's been much progress on the electric front in terms of being able to make these cars go longer, make the charging go faster faster. Why do you think that that has been somewhat stagnant when we've seen all these investments, both private and taxpayer, Mm -hmm. in this electric car market? I I think there is more charging stations being built, but um, I just drove to the East Coast a couple weeks ago with my wife, and I counted Teslas on the way over and the way back, and there were four. Oh, that's how wow. I counted four four cars. Now, when you get around Baltimore and Washington D.C., you see more. But my my feeling is, is an electric car right now is just a local car. People aren't going to take only it out. if you drive a yeah. few miles to They're work not take back it out and forth. Yeah, it's just you know there are obviously are exceptions. If that's the only vehicle you have, then maybe you try to do that. Um, but you know it's it's just not where the focus has been. But I, you know, as it relates to renewable energy, because I'm going to run out of time again today if we don't get it back on our subject you know the, the the i think if you have to if you ask the average guy on the street, you know, do you support green energy or renewable energy? I think most people would say yes, right? And I, I mean, I would. I mean, I think it's you know, the more energy we can provide to the to the to the to, uh, to energy in the country is is the good thing. But the fallacy about green energy is that people believe it's free, they uh, believe it's clean, and they believe it's reliable. And it's not free. It, it's I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, it's not clean because we've we've seen that um, just trying to dismantle uh, power uh, uh, solar panels and uh, the uh, windmill uh, the, the yeah the blade on the windmills uh, have been very toxic uh, to try to d- uh, deal with. 
And, you know, it's certainly not reliable. Uh, solar panel does, solar power doesn't work in the dark uh, or when the wind's not blowing. So, um, you know, it's none of those things. It's, it's just another source of energy that uh, it can be used as an addition to what our source of energy is today, which is primarily natural gas and, and coal. But why, why do people believe this, though, Bill? I mean, is this oh, the public? Because that's, edu- the, that's, that- the, that's the government talking. And, and you know, again, uh, they can they they consistently show that that they will do anything to get their way right without any concerns of their consequences and you know like Afghanistan's a perfect example so when you talk about you know when they start talking about um, you know how much we need you know a typically a typical example would be like they're doing this large wind project off of New Jersey right now that everybody's in, up in arms over and all they talk about is it's gonna it's gonna uh, power three hundred thousand homes or four hundred thousand homes or whatever. They don't mention the fact that the cost is, you know, going to be seventy five hundred percent more than the ratepayers are currently paying for their natural gas. And you know, this is going to be an issue that's going to come out more and more as we as we go down the road. But um, you know, that's that's really the issue that that I think a lot of people are having. That really, due to Biden economics, uh, you know, these projects are costing themselves out of out of out of out of working. They're uh, the product. Uh, the, the material has gone going through the roof. Interest rates are higher, obviously. So the cost of these projects are significantly higher than they were initially approved. So some a lot of these projects are having to go back to the uh, rating agencies and having uh, new new rates approved. Mm-hmm. They were already high to begin with. So um, you know I think the the bottom line is that electric electric. Uh, um, power from renewable sources is going to be a, a big challenge to roll out in in, in the future. You're but, talking about like two to four million per wind, you know, windmill to get those installed. There, there's a lot, right? And yeah, then you didn't lot. even mention you were talking about all the different things, um, the environmental effect of the uh, batteries for the right. EV cars. Well, you know, uh, Princeton University did a, did a study in 2020 that estimated the the, the transmission line cost of of renewable energy. Was two point four trillion dollars. That's just building the transmission lines. That has nothing to do with the, the actual power sources. So um, the scary part is that a Wall Street Journal article uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, that they got that the Wall Street Journal got a copy of uh, was a letter that uh, Chuck Schumer, who heads up the Senate, uh, sent to FERC. FERC oversees all the tra- – uh, they basically approve uh, power transfers between states. So if you wanted to b- build a gas line from Indiana to Kentucky, um, the, they, they would approve it along with so the two states would approve it. But the way it always has worked is that uh, the, be- the beneficiary of that power, in this case Kentucky, they would pay for that power. And what Schumer is saying is, no, 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 this isn't fair. The states that have now got these, uh, these got these huge renewable mandates, like like New Jersey, where it says that we're going to be totally green in ten years, uh, the costs are so high for these states to, to to put those things in that he wants the cost to be spread out over the entire country. So, uh, so I got to pay for that, right? Absolutely, and that's. Uh, Do they know how poor I am? I can't afford to be doing well, that. See, uh, to me, it's even more basic than this. It, it violates the basic constitutional rules of separation of power, right? I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just wrong in, in so many different ways. But uh, you know, that's what he's pushing, and. You know, and he's obviously doing it because, and he's circumventing Congress by doing it because he knows the the, uh, the Republicans will never stand for it in the red states. So it just shows you that again, uh, as we've seen many times before, this this administration will do whatever it takes to do, get, get their get their way, uh, regardless of the cost. Real quick before I let you go, why do the Republicans go along with so much of this stuff though? Because there's a whole bunch of Republicans who are all in on this scam, sham, green dream bull crap too. 
I think there, I think um, many of them are looking at at it now, saying the costs are out of line. I mean, it's it's until you really get educated and really understand. I actually sent a letter and and and, uh, and talked to some folks at the uh, Energy Information Agency a couple of days ago about about power sources, and I said, "Could you just give me a graph of showing me what the cost of the consumer is between natural gas and coal and, and nuclear?" And they asked me, "Oh, sure, that's no problem. What, what's it for?" And I said, "Well, I've got a radio show that I want to I want to present the cost uh, on, and I'd like to be able to tell them, you know, exactly how these renewables renewables compare." They basically told me they don't have the information, <laughs> and I said, "You've got to, you guys got more information on any possible thing that you could ask for." I said, "Well, we really don't. We don't keep track of it. Oh. So, not, not for radio no. shows. Oh, Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. So we're going to hear about this more. And, but I do think, to your point, Rob, I, I think most of most of the Republicans aren't in line at all for this stuff, and the costs are the big are the big story. He is the best in the business. He's a national treasure. He's our own personal mm-hmm. oil guy. The great, great." Bill Herrick. Thank you, my friend. You bet. Thanks, guys. It's the Kennel and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.